Cheers, man. Like, yeah. For having me on here. It's Yeah, I definitely enjoy the the traffic you get through your show. You get like a you know very diverse um you know crowd of people coming through and then then they come back too, so you're doing something right. Yeah, here's hoping, right? Yeah. I haven't had it I mean, I've had some heated conversations, but nothing yeah. terrible. I've been really fortunate. And everybody that's been on, I'm incredibly grateful for. It's been yeah. It's been an insane ride doing this. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that was like um you know, at one point that was like the a goal of, you know, ours is you know, to have L C P doing that too. And it's like it just didn't didn't quite manifest like, you know, it's like I had stuff set up somewhere else, then got stuff moved over to like my place and it's like, ah, just I don't know. The kid didn't really quite have the bandwidth for managing all that too. It's just like, yeah. Do you guys have a central hub for Lost Coast Populist or are you guys each running independently? It, yeah, the place? A, yeah, we're all all just kind of solo operatives that, you know, link up, link up and, you know, collaborate, you know, in meetings or sometimes in person, but usually, usually just like kind of a Zoom or a, you know, can either do Telegram or Discord meetings as well. Don't have all through like an online medium. Yeah. You guys are reaching out to each other. Yeah. Yeah, for the most part here. Yeah, that's what that's what it what's what's been going on with it. And how did you get affiliated with Lost Coast Populist? Well, that was like kind of through the the health freedom movement. I was like there was like that and yeah, it, it was the COVID thing that brought people together, you know. It's like all beyond that, I was a you know, self proclaimed gorephobic, you know, just pretty much keep to my own, had three close high school buddies and wouldn't wouldn't do much else to, you know, go go do the 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 keyboard warrior stuff online. The you know, that's that I did always think that Facebook was, you know, it's like it's not it's not for what people are using it for, just like, you know, gonna post check out my car, man. Check it out. You know, got all the, take a smiling picture with this my all my stuff and my family. It's like it's like we got this, you know, global community here and the world's pretty screwed up. So maybe we should talk about how screwed up the world is and that's Kind of all my Facebook is. So use that crazy conspiracy guy on Facebook. You use yours more as a platform to spread out things that you think are relevant. Yeah. Yep. As opposed to just sharing the odd photo of something. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm opposed to like sharing like occasionally I'll put like some of my life on Facebook. It's usually just, you know, other news articles or memes or, you know, whatever. And yeah, I tried to avoid that too, which is ironic doing this because that's yeah. 90% of the game. It's, yeah. You're almost opening up this rift to the outside world and people just get a peek in. Oh yeah, that's why I thought I, it's, it's kind of funny be, you know, having that focus and then also try, like I brought like some of my art along too here. If you want to check it out. That was quite the binder of art. Oh yeah. 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 I got large format stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Do you do a lot of abstract work like that? Yeah, it's mainly mainly stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, it's like, you can feel free to take one if you want. I got like large format printer, so I print my own. You know, fairly cheap. It's is that what you do? Do you have a day job outside of Lost Coast Populous? Is that what? No, my, my day my day job is the kid. I, I'm like, and I was like up until 2015. I was like, you know, house painter. Got my contractor's license, then found out I had MS. And then, like, tried to get on the disability wagon just because, like, I deal with, like, you know, constant vertigo and, like, memory issues and all all kinds of weird stuff with MS. So, 
pretty much got, you know, eventually got on disability. And then, then that made me the, the perfect stay at home dad candidate. And that's, that's my, my main job. Now I got a four year old little girl that I spend, spend my days with and do which is a lot of work in and oh, of itself. Dude. Yeah. Parent. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. It's, that's just, yeah, it's a blast, but it's a lot of work. Like you're saying, it's, well, it's gotta be nice in that regard where you, you get to be home. And so working again for Lost Coast Populist, it kind of fits right in. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it where it's just like kind of my, if I have you know, not, not really too much spare time during the day, it's usually like my, you know, insomnia evening projects. Like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to bust something out. I'm going to do something. I'm going to do the, do the, the news review podcast, whatever you call it, the reading between the headlines. So do you, do you try to just, you guys are obviously trying to build this out to be a competitor news organization, right? That's, yeah. That's still, which the, is, I, which is tough with our manpower. It's, it's got, yeah. You know, which is like, I'm, you know, we do, I guess that's why we, you know, have our niche, you know, focuses where it's like, okay, we're going to report on stuff that other people aren't reporting on, which is, you know, just, yeah. General, general stuff that people are just like, and I don't know what, if, what, what lo- it is about local media, just, you know, afraid to rock the boat or like, you know, it's like, that'll make me look bad if I say stuff. Cause that makes someone else look bad. And yeah, you guys are not afraid to rock the boat over there. No, no, that's, um, and that, that kind of started from the whole, you know, how I got into it with the, the, the COVID stuff too. Cause that was, I, my wife worked at the city of Eureka and lost her job to their vax mandate. And it was like, you know, there wasn't really a whole lot of, you know, you know, they, they, they had exemptions, but if you had your personal belief, you'd have, you know, submit your written exemption and that would go before review board. So it's like, you know, your opinion itself, it's like, oh, that, that's not good enough. That's your opinion. We reviewed it and it's, it just doesn't, doesn't come up to muster here. I, I don't know what to say, but then like, you know, later down the road, hearing from other little, you know, people that I've talked to. There were some people like granted, you know, immunity from it who were like, you know, in big, you know, important head of department positions and like, okay, well, your opinion's all right. You know, if you, you feel that you don't want to take it, you know, your, your job's important enough to where we're willing to let you do that. And that's kind of, kind of weird there to me. Yeah. Everybody lower on the totem pole kind of got screwed. Yeah. And what like, are you going to do? You're gonna and she was the head of a department, I guess, just not a big enough department. And she was like the head of um, like the finance that ran all the water billing. She'd been there five years, like no other real blemishes on her stuff. Just didn't want to get back. To yeah. Her. And it, it was just, just sad the way they were doing it too with the, you know, even before she went, it was the whole medical discrimination aspect to where like, you know, if you weren't vaccinated, you were forced to test, which like, I don't know if you've ever done those tests i never did but it's i'd pretty much call it nose rape it's like you know it's got this thing this far like we're gonna give you a nostril lobotomy just you know shove this thing up in there she did it had to do it like i think like twice for medical stuff and she's like no i get like a splitting headache and she ended up going like um doing this research online where she found like a saliva only thing that the city wasn't willing to pay for where you just spit in a cup and you know have it analyzed some lab back east and that's like with insurance it ended up being 200 bucks a month so she could do that to keep her job until they told her she had to go and the city didn't want to go down that route no uh, nope that was then yeah they and they 
the way they phrased it was like, um, or like they were kind of like, I think it was their, um, human resources person, like sent her an email, like asking if, you know, she was going to take the vaccine or she's going to resign. And, you know, she just responded that, you know, with pretty much their, you know, form letter of, you know, what their cutoff date was and what, you know, all the stuff they said. And she said, well, that, that's what I'm going with. And they, they responded back to that, like, oh, well, we will take that as your formal resignation. That's pretty much how that went down. And so was that the start of you getting politically active in this way? Yeah. Or but, speaking out more? Yeah. I mean, I was already kind of doing that because that was like, um, I think that was October of what, like eight, um, like a year ago now. I think it was that 20. Yeah, something like that. It was like a year, because I know their vax mandate has been um, in effect for a year. But it was all centered around the COVID stuff. Had you been posting or doing any news-related stuff outside of that? Yeah, I mean, like, really what, like, as far as, like, what motivated me to, like, you know, be the whole, you know, Facebook warrior, that was, like, that goes way back. You go back to, like, you know... Talking like nine eleven conspiracy stuff. I mean, so like, you've been in the trenches for a while. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just like I mean, they say like, you know, I don't believe in conspiracies, but you know, just like some other people say, like I don't believe in coincidences. You look at nine eleven. Like I don't know if you've seen like the study from University of Alaska, where they just focus on Building Seven alone. You know, only got a little bit of fire up on the rooftop, and then just did the same pre-fall collapse, and. They came to pretty much the same conclusion as um, this other video that was out. I don't know if you know the Hollywood actor guy, uh, Ed Asner, you know, big guy with the big old mustache. But he like put out this video for like a group of 100 or so engineers that pretty much came to the same conclusion about building seven alone. Just focusing on that because like, hey, nothing hit it. Just had a little fire in the top. Still building just went like. So you look at that combined with like. A year before it, you know, the the planes hit it, they moved the World Trade Center to, what was it, Seattle? And also there was like, um, it was, it uh, needed like a bunch of asbestos abatement. So it was heavily insured. So the guy who owned the building came out, you know, definitely in a better situation having it destroyed, getting insurance money than having to pay for asbestos abatement. And then combine that with the the Pentagon thing, where there's actually a video out there of not a plane hitting it, but like a missile hitting it. And they were like under investigation for like, I forget how many billion dollars that went missing and that just randomly hit the place that had all the records on that. It's like, okay, you know, like I said, coincidences. That's a few too many coincidences there to like really meet muster for my kind of logic anyway can you do me a favor just point that mic just a little more inward perfect right there yeah okay the, that, that better yeah. yeah that's perfect the 9-11 thing is something i haven't delved into past just giving it a cursory glance mm-hmm. but the money aspect is a little interesting the yeah. fact that oh we lost all this money and then the place that supposedly had all the accounting is just now gone yeah. that's a little you hear that and you're like okay i could see why people might go down this road yeah and then also just the, the way it was used for like, you know, okay, so if this was, you know, a planned thing, then you could say that it was used to like, you know, prompt the whole Iraq war and the subsequent Middle East war that lasted through Obama. So we had pretty much, you know, 
20 years of, you know, that I call them like the great oil crusades over there, where it's just, you know, straight Bush, then Obama, everything's going to change. And then it's just more of the same and killing more people with flying robots. And like, yeah, just it, that whole thing, like, uh, that really turned me to like, looking at news sources like the, um, the RT, like, you know, just like, you know, probably not the best place to get your honest opinion about Russia, but about what America is doing over in the Middle East, they seem to be calling it like a lot closer than any of the American media. Is the RT a Russian news network? Yeah, they, they do like, you know, they, they're, they're a Russian one, but they also do a complete broadcast in English, which is... So kind of like the BBC in some regards, where it's more... Yeah. Nas- not national, but just global news. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure there's other others out there that have done it to where it's, you know, you know, a little more unbiased, but for them, it seemed like, because they're... Well, is there even unbiased anymore? I don't is think, that yeah. 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 We, is uh, that only, only when you're looking at it from certain aspects. I'm sure, you know, everybody has, you know, biases from some perspective. It's like, yeah, gotta gotta pick and choose depending on what you're looking at. The problem with conspiracy theories is that they're seductive and some of them turn out to be true. And I think people get lost in that because if one turns out to be true, what happens to the other 99? Well, are those true too? And then people go down this rabbit hole. Yeah, but I I, I don't know. They, they've been popping up as a lot of them being true. I just, I, and I've been paying attention to RFK coming out about like, you know, how JFK got taken out. That's, you know, it's like, that's another conspiracy theory, like, you know, down the street, like, it's just... That's another one that's dicey. Yeah. When they start the magic bullet and all of this stuff, it's like, uh, see? And the fact that they don't want to release the records... Yeah. ...makes you think, well, what are we doing yeah, here? which was a lot the same with the COVID stuff, like, you know, oh, yeah, we want to... Well, lab leak. Yeah. Yeah, lab leak, yeah, it's a totally... Yeah, nobody would not believe in that. That's, yeah. that's fringe conspiracy. Yeah, like, at the John Stewart who framed it best, you know, when he had the... Oh, the, the bit on what the, was it, Jimmy... Kimmel? Uh, or I think it was on Colbert. Oh, Stephen Colbert, what? Yeah, yeah, and he's, you know, okay, so there's, like, you know, the, the Hershey chocolate factory in Hershey, Pennsylvania. We've got a giant chocolate explosion. You know, what do we think it came from? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great bit. Yeah. I, obvi- I'm only 25, so my experience with news and unbiased news is pretty limited. Okay. But I think for me it was watching the COVID stuff that made me think, oh, maybe you can't just trust a CNN because it's a CNN or Fox News because it's a Fox News or X or Y because they've built up this legacy. Maybe they're susceptible, just like people are susceptible to bias and skewed information and not doing their due diligence investigating a story. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm 41, almost 42 here, but it really didn't um, have as huge of an impact to like, I don't know, like right, you know, a little bit of like 2007 or eight, like right around, that was when I got like, you know, high speed broadband internet and all of a sudden you got real access to like, you know, before that you get the dial ups, you can, you can get little bits and pieces here and there. But like, as soon as like, I think everyone got, you know, the high speed internet, then like, you know, yeah. I guess just the saturation of the news is different. Well, your like access that. changed. Yeah. It wasn't just being fed a primary source from the TV. Yeah. It was now you can go and look at a hundred other sources from various sites. Yeah. And then you get, you know, track down what you're looking for too. So that would lead to the, you know, the bias problem also. So yeah, I can like, okay, this is, I don't, I don't believe that. So I'm going to track down what I do believe in and that's going to, you know, 
for my whole world, you know, worldview and that, you know, all the inherent problems with that as well. But. Well, yeah, the confirmation bias as well, where people are just searching only things that confirm oh, yeah. their side yeah, of the story. I, I find myself doing that too. It's hard know. to pull yourself oh, out. Yeah. And like, yeah. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a tough one, but. Well, it's, it's just, I mean, that's one of the good things about the internet is you have access to this information, but one of the problems with the internet is you have access to this information and there's just so much out there. And I think yeah. that's, it's easy to write off conspiracy theorists because I mean, moon landing stuff. Yeah. Flat earth. I mean, yeah. you have some pretty that, far That's why out I think it's good. Like I it's good to be able to like do the research and look up, you know, you can, you know, find peer reviewed documents. Always good to look up peer reviewed stuff, you know, at least, you know, even though those can be manipulated as well. If like, I don't know if you saw the one of the, what was that about? Is the, like they purposely created this you know, peer reviewed thing about like, like gay, a gay dog park or something like that. And they submitted it just to see if they could get it. You know, oh yeah. It was a fake review. paper. Yeah. The, yeah. It, yeah. It was, it was a, some, yeah. I, it's I, something I about like exact premise homosexuality and dogs and rape culture. Or yeah. Something, yeah. And thought, they published really it. Yeah. It was, it was an you know, example. One of the psych classes I did as one of the other things, like, like as, um, went, went through the California conservation corps and, you know, ended up with you know some scholarship money from that, and that kind of fueled my multi-change in um, college courses that I've done. Like when I first moved over here in 2000, it was all like my mom and grandma and stuff helped me out with college, and that's when I was looking at like uh, computer graphics design and kind of you know, stuff like that. And then I totally washed out, came back again with the the CCC scholarship money. You know, focused on computer hardware. Then I totally dropped that again and came back with psychology with the, you know, after the MS thing, got on with the Department of Rehabilitation and almost, almost completed that. Like, I got like six classes to finish up at HSU, now Cal Poly. But as I... Are you going to Cal Poly now to finish that up? No. I, I, on the docket? I, yeah. That, it's a, a thing to do sometime when I, like, I... I I was able to do it when the kid was like, I don't know, like infant, you know, where I could just set her in one place, she'd stay there and, you know, it was, it was just, you know, changing diapers and stuff. It's like, yeah, that, that part's tough, but it's a whole different when you've got like, you know, a little wild animal running around, you got to keep track of it. It's like, yeah, so it's like, okay, I'm going to put this on pause. And then it was also just something to do with the political sphere within HSU and the COVID thing going on where it's like, I just can't be doing this right now. Like and one one example I have like is um I was taking a class is pretty much the psychology um psychology of discrimination or something like that. And like there was you know it was very you know being only online it was very like cookie cutter and like kind of forced or compelled question and answers like you know teacher kind of give you you know, questions leading you to a certain conclusion and not really allowing you to like, you know, add any of your own input or uh, I guess that was it. So I, in this one question, I added like a, a third one and just asked about the, you know, um, you know, discrimination that, you know, minorities were facing around the world from the COVID lockdowns and, you know, the implications of the, you know, global bankers, you know, you know, 
setting the whole thing up and stuff like that. And then the response I got was that, you know, how dare you do that? And what you just said is anti-Semitic hate speech. And if you do anything like that, again, we're going to try to get you kicked out of school. Just for posing the question? Yeah, just for just saying the phrase international bankers. That is, you know, equivocated with anti-Semitic hate speech. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so that kind of made me kind of doubt, like, you know, like, what, what am I doing here right now? Like, uh, what, what, what's the point of that? Get a degree, get a job, but is there, I mean, so you just bringing up international bankers, you're sure that was what kind of yeah exactly took them off? no he he took me to the part in the book we were reading where it said you know this is a, an opinion book opinion based book some guy wrote it is his opinion that saying international bankers is equivocated with anti-Semitic hate speech he's like you know it's it's just obvious it's in the text that we're reading right now and it's like it was a long book I, I wasn't familiar with all of it I you know pick and choose get get my way through the course but was, yeah. Yeah, I don't understand that. Inter- international bankers being anti-Semitic doesn't just. Among- I, it goes. It goes back to, um, and I guess, just and people making those ac- accusations, and that you know, like historically, you know, a lot of bankers have been Jewish, maybe. But were you saying Jewish international no. bankers? You were just no, saying I international. Just said inter- yeah. I, I was, yeah, all I said, international bankers. So after that, you kind of realize, oh, maybe this isn't. Yeah, that, I, that, that was part do. of it, that and the kid, but that, that was a big part of it that made me kind of think about like, yeah, what, and then just dealing with the other classes and just how everyone was wrapped up in the whole COVID nonsense and like trying to, trying to write papers and stuff that were anti-COVID, you know, during that was, yeah, it was, it was a challenge getting the. And the teachers would go along with it, but they weren't too happy. (laughs) I had a teacher one time, we were involved in a discussion. I think it was a social computing class that I was in. And the professor was posing the question of how we influence people to get the vaccine. Uh And it was under the context of we can influence them subconsciously. Perhaps that would be better, but we need to figure out a way where we can make them do this thing, even if they don't want to do it. And I was sitting in this class. It was over Zoom. I was back here. And nobody's pushing back. Everybody's actively engaging, contributing. Well, we could try, you know, subliminal messaging. We could try reinforcement through, you know, negative consequences. All of these things. And I'm just sitting there thinking, what are we... How is this a real discussion yeah, we, that we're we having right now? We could try a billboard on the side of the highway like there is like right down near Humboldt Hill right now. We could do the COVID passports. All yeah. of this stuff. And I'm sitting there thinking, this is really uncomfortable. And the fact that there was no pushback, it was all, it was just a line thought in, okay, this is what we need to do. Yeah. The question is, how do we do it? Even if the person doesn't want it, we need to yeah. do this because it's going to be what's best for them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy that they're still pushing it even now there's still dhs signs up yeah yeah they, uh, save I, a life I, wear a mask oh yeah vaccinated yep yeah they, they sent um i submitted a records request on it and like i guess for covid outreach and the billboard near humboldt hill they spent like 60 grand this year on you know, it's 
federally approved grant money. But just to get the word out that, you know, still, still got to get that shot, get the jabber doodle. It's, yeah. That is a great allocation of resources. Uh, I, know, I think we could all agree. Being that they're like, um, I forget exactly how many, something like 19 million behind or so, something, something to that that notion in the county level. There, there was some article that came out that they're like, you know, super short. Probably, but it's like, but that's not out of the same till. That's, you know, it's completely different funding. It's nothing to do with like, yeah, but yeah, it's total mismanagement of funding. That's that's why the inflation is what it is, you know? It's like, oh, it's weird. it has nothing to do with anything, but, you know, everything's so damn expensive and we don't know why. That's well, it's the Ukraine war. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, um, I think that was uh, Justin Trudeau, you know, the Canadian wildfires. Like, okay, that's the solution. Got to spit, you know, send more money to Ukraine and that'll put these fires out. It's, were they trying to say that? I didn't hear that. I don't know. I, I'm, at this point, I'm unsure if that was just a meme, a joke, or if he actually said that. I mean, it's hard to tell sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Reality's getting pretty hyperbolic. Yeah. That's especially when it's like, you know, for the, for the democracy of Ukraine is the, the reason why we're doing it, supposedly. But they have like, you know, literal Nazis in their troops. And like Zelensky's came out and said that, you know, there won't be an election if is either if, if anybody runs against them or I think it's just during this war. Yeah. He said there's not gonna be an election. Yeah. They like, need to stay united. Sounds like sounds de- democratic. A, sounds like democracy in action. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, I made a comment to the Board of Supervisors because they, they were doing the solidarity thing, had the flag up there. I was like, you know, you might want to take that down because they have you know, literal Nazis in their troops. I Do I really want to be affiliated with that? And The Nazi thing was crazy because they pushed so hard against it when it first came out that there was oh, yeah Nazi brain yeah, in I the got, military. Yeah, I got my Facebook banned for just posting a picture of their troops with the the lightning bolts. It's like, okay. Oh, they banned your Facebook? Yep, yeah, for a solid month for that one. Did you appeal it? How'd you get it back? Oh, I know that they, they, and I, I kept appealing, and you know they they eventually give it back. I was I was I was regularly banned for like a month at a time for just either that or COVID vac stuff, or I don't know. And that's that's kind of why we stopped posting any COVID stuff to our YouTube channel for you know LCP because we don't want to go through the the rigmaroles of creating new all you know new you know some people like I'm on you know LCP number thirty three or making new channels every time you get banned. It's like, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just, get a little we'll, rough. we'll just post it on rumble. I mean, I, I don't know. It's, Is that where you guys predominantly are now? That's where I stick pretty much most of the reading between the headline stuff. Just a little too difficult to keep up with YouTube. Like, okay, I can't, I can say this. I can't say that. And most of the stuff, like most of the stuff's fine, but it's, it's hard to tell. Sometimes I'm like, I yeah, know. they have a pretty heavy hand on YouTube. Yeah. And I'm surprised. I, have you ever had anything pulled? Yeah, I had a video pulled and I think it was because I had a guest on who was talking about election fraud. Oh, that, that was and the other one we got done for. Yep. Anything about election fraud. I don't, can't do it. Can't question any election. The integrity. Can't so, do so it. So do you like, how do you do it? Do you do like a live that goes to YouTube and record and go to Rumble or something? Or how yeah, so it? I stream it. I push it out live and then upload a cleaned up version just of all mm-hmm. the audio. I don't edit anything out. I don't yeah. do anything 
funky with it. I just clean up the background noise. I'll take out the fan noise and then re-upload it. Nice. But yeah, I've gotten YouTube. YouTube and TikTok have been the ones I've I had the most that too because that was the whole like the whole butt porker thing that got me like okay I'm actually gonna have to get pulled out one of my old phones set up a TikTok account because you know like I hear, I'm hearing that they steal all your data I don't want to use my main phone or my computer so I'll pull out this old phone it'll be tied in with one of my junk emails see how this goes but yeah but yeah they they banned like harder than YouTube almost for like in for, a lot for of the ways. COVID stuff yeah it's, it's like wow. I mean, I guess it is a Chinese spy app, and they're like, you know, where the the virus controversy originated, so that, that makes sense. But Well, not even just the COVID stuff. I've had videos of uh, surrounding anything LGBT gets really? flagged okay, for yeah, me I on think TikTok. I had one, one or something flagged on that, too. It's like, you gotta, yeah, you gotta be careful it's on the funky TikTok. funky set of rules, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I haven't got haven't you know they've set out warnings i think i got like three or four video bans on there since i've been on there like a month like, okay be careful here i don't want to get banned on the tiktok i was on my last strike for a while and they limited my account where i couldn't have any links posted i couldn't share any links and it was that way for quite a few months because i had so many things taken down and think not even controversial stuff youtube would allow yeah stuff that i think Anybody would look at it and say, oh, that's not controversial. Why are they pulling that down? Yeah. And they would just yank it. Yank it, give me a strike. Yank it, mess with my account. I got locked out a couple different times. I thought they deleted my account once because it locked me out and they said, uh, yeah, you're done. And then I appealed it. It took like a week and I got it back. Wow. So how long have you been on the talk? Um, I think I joined in November. Okay. Maybe October, November of last year. So not crazy long. Okay, it freaks yeah. me out. I I avoided it for the longest time because yeah. of all the, the same, data that same reasons, siphons. Yeah. 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 And it's and but now I I have seen like as far as stuff it does, like I am impressed with its um its subtitle feature. Or it's where like you go and it, it does it and it'll let you go in and edit it line by line. Like I wish YouTube would let you do that. Or or if they could build like that into rumble that'd be great too because i think youtube does if you post from the app the youtube studio app i think they let you have a little more creative freedom on that okay maybe don't quote me on that yeah i I haven't tried from yeah i think i've only tried from the website and that's so i have to look into that yeah i i recently started pushing stuff out to rumble too just because it's another platform. Yeah. But Rumble's weird in that it's it's got that branding of a right wing for oh, that site. That's on one of the reasons I brought the art portfolio here was for the um recent experience I had at the the disability pride event last month. I don't know if you did you see any of the video footage that I put out for that? Well yeah, set the stage. That's how we came into contact. You sent me that video. Yep. Okay. And I I watched it, but set the stage for people that haven't seen it. Okay, well, I mean, uh, like I said, I'm I'm disabled. I have MS. I do art, and you know they they're posting. That, you know, you could submit art to have in this thing. I was like, okay, I'll go, I'll go check it out. You know, because that I was like, I through my college endeavors, I even you know volunteered at the Ink People back when they were over on like um was that E Street or wherever you know their, their old location. So I was like, you know, kind of familiar with it. Like, okay, go check it out. And it, it was like definitely different than advertised i not that i have any 
particular you know problem with LGBT, but it to me it just seemed like it you know we were just coming out of LGBT Pride Month and this was supposed to be Disability Pride Month, and then like you know I showed up, started walking around, I was doing just like a Facebook Live, checking out the tables, asking them what they had to offer and stuff, and like within. 10 minutes of being there, like Kayleen Riviera came up to me and said, you can't be filming here. This is a, you know, this is a, um, a queer space. I was like, I thought it was a disabled space. And he's like, this is a queer disabled space. And then it just kind of went like that from there. Like all of a sudden it was like, as soon as I made my rounds around all the tables and got to the queer Humboldt table, like it was just triggered just because I was sporting the, the LCP press badge, and that's just like guilty by association. It's like, okay. well, one of the people that confronted you actually said that. Yeah, yeah. That, that was she was the one that was running the event and does like disabled services. And it was weird because at first, like you know, she, you know, talked to me and it's like, okay, well, he's disabled and he, you know, he is a, you know, he's one of these people, so I guess he can be here with the film. And she said it's all right, and then. Like, she went around, and I guess enough people whispered bad things in her ears, like, you just can't be here. People don't like you, so you can't be filming. You know, it's like, you can be here, but you can't be filming. And that, I don't know, just kind of rubbed me the wrong way, because it was, you know, advertised on the city's website as a public event. It didn't seem like it should be, you know, all of a sudden privatized to where one group doesn't like me, so I can't, you know, just do a Facebook Live. It's not like a in my opinion, I wasn't being disrespectful to anybody. I was just, you know, I'm just I have art in this event. I'm here to record it. And then it just kind of ballooned into whatever happened. So, yeah. Well, you were being respectful. You were walking around asking questions. And like you said, when you were met with that one organizer, she was engaging with you. You guys had a nice dialogue. And then yeah. it became apparent that it kind of flipped a switch once she realized who you were and who you were affiliated with. Exactly. And then the tone kind of started changing. Yeah. And then there's just like one, uh, I don't know the guy's name, but he was the one that, towards the end of the video with the, the gray hair and the mask. And he was just, you know, saying that yeah, it was pretty much just for, you know, having opinions that I have that I was pretty much responsible for, you know, people who might have been, you know, yelling things at, you know, the previous events for the, the kids drag shows and stuff. It's like, you know, anybody, you're, you're responsible for all of that because, you know, of your affiliation with Los Coast Populist. Well, guilty by association. Exactly. That's, yep. That's, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I I was halfway expecting it, honestly, just because, you know, looking at the, the news and stuff, like Biden, someone in his administration said, you know, beyond Pride Month, you know, this is the summer of Pride. I don't know exactly which one. I was like, okay. So that, I guess that, that was probably part of why I submitted art got in because I, I was like, okay, I can go in there. I'll have art in there. I'll record it. Did I'm you go in there expecting this to happen? I didn't expect it to be like that. I, I, I didn't, yeah, I did not expect it to be like that, but I kind of halfway expected it to be somewhat entangled with the, you know, the, the, the previous community from Pride Month before. And that was part of your influence in going was to almost test that theory? Yeah, just to see were, how, uh, yeah, like, how am I just, you know, a disabled person with, with art in this, you know, in this event going to be, you know, treated, which I guess I, I could have stayed and not recorded, but being it was a public event, 
And even though it was, it turned out as, you know, it's on private property, it's on Synapsis, which is owned by, and I guess, I don't know if it's directly by Leslie Castellano or by like some non-profit organization ran by her exactly, but it gets it. And that ties in kind of with, I don't know, did you pay attention to the um, whole Roy Gomez conflict with her and the, you know, the anarchists running the city of Eureka? Yeah, I want to get to that too, because I know that you're another factor in that. Yeah. But the, the disabled pride thing, I mean, fortunately or unfortunately, they were in the right by removing you. They did. It was a public event, but it was on private property. Exactly. So they did have the right to say, hey. Yeah. But that, uh, to me, it still brings the, the point because, like, I, you look at the funding for like a lot of these nonprofits to put together the Disabled Pride Month, and, you know, they're, they're drawing from the state coffers. So you're using, you know, public money, or, you, know, you know, state money, taxpayer money to host private events only for certain groups of people. And that, I don't know, it just seems like if it's using state money, it should be open to the, open to the press. And well, that's the question is, would they have acted this way to any other news organization? I don't think Or is think it just so. because I don't think that. We've, we've got, you know, yeah. And that's, that's the whole thing. And yeah, they said, you know, you're not media, you're not news, you know, you're, uh, you what do you say? Like, you're just going to take this video and post, post it on your hateful website or one of those other hateful websites like Rumble. So then it's pretty much everything on Rumble is just hateful to people coming from that perspective, just because like, yeah, it's just all, you know, it's all different from the other media that they're used to. So it's all hateful. I guess. Yeah. Once Donnie's name started getting thrown around, people started realizing who you were attached to and it just kind of yeah. went a little sideways for you from there yeah and that's i that's part of what made me dig my heels in too because it's you know it's like okay these are people that i've never really had you know word one a conversation with like you know all you're doing is you see guilty by association like they said it's like you're not willing to talk about it you're just gonna you know say you're irresponsible for all this other stuff just because we disagree on like the two things that i finally got in at the end is like had to go outside and talk to him and finally say that, yeah, that that's the only thing we really disagree about is like, you know, drag shows for kids and like pushing the gender treatments on kids. Like that's the only real things that like people are concerned about, but it's all about if you think that or try to bring that up, you're just, you're just hateful and you're trying to, trying to make it so they can't live comfortably. I think those are some of the other words, but did you at any point think, I mean, were you considering turning off your camera and just staying to observe? Because that's what they kept posing is you can stay. We just don't want you filming. Yeah, I think by that point, I was kind of triggered. I was, I was like, I'm, I'm in it for it. If I'm not going to be here and record, I'm just not going to be here and hanging out because I'm just the disdain I had been treated with at that point. I was just like, nah. I'm not just going to stay here and hang out. I'm here to record now. Sorry. That's. Well, I think you were there to record from the beginning. That was the whole focus, right? Yeah, that that that's true. And I and I and even when I brought my art down to the ink people, I told Leslie that I was going to be recording there too. So it was it was I wasn't, you know, shy about it. I was open with it. And I was Yeah, you weren't hiding your intentions, but you also kind of wanted something to 
go down in some sense. Yeah, or or it could have been fine. It would have been nothing burger. I I would have been happy either way. Really, I was halfway suspecting something would, but it was also I. It, it was fun going down to the ink people. I took the kid down with me. Got a tour of the facility. I got a pretty cool setup down there. So there's an, I'm sure there's a lot of good that they do in the community. I'm not no not talking that that down at all. It's just the just the um. This, Another story, we talk about the, the non-profit mafia aspect to it, to where, like, it's all these little local non-profits seem to kind of group together and only kind of cater to, like, a certain inner circle of, like, you know, what, what they're going to do, you know, who they're going to be in favor of to, you know, putting on events and doing, doing things within the community. And you're not a fan of that? Not... Not so much. When you say grouping together and kind of uplifting specific people, isn't that what most organizations do when they come together? I guess, but when you get like a consolidation of like multiple nonprofits kind of working together like that, and you know, if you're working to lift some people up, then you might also be work, you know, working to put some people down, which is kind of part that would would be concerning to, to some people, like like myself. But. Is that what feeds into the the city council stuff that you guys are pushing? Yeah, that 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 is part of it. And for me, it's for me, it's um, it's you know a couple of things. Like we were talking about I have the the history with my wife losing her job, so that's that's always in the back of my mind. Like I know that you know you've got a slight jade towards the city, yeah, just in general, yeah, just that, and to like you know what you know what they're capable of. Like you know that that was some pretty malevolent stuff. I and mean, if you look back at the you know. We still have it up on Rumble in one of the articles. We have like a compilation of all the people who were present, like, and commented during their, you know, when they were bringing their vax mandate up for discussion. And there were like two people that were for it and like, I don't know, 20 or 30 people who were there who were against it. And they were just not listening to the public. It was, you know, we're doing it. We're just doing it. And that That's a big part, but it's also, and for me looking at the, you know, the, the bird's eye global view too, is all the little things that they're doing that feed into the, the globalist agenda. I mean, you look at the, you know, the, the housing projects that are coming in, the, you know, just California in general, but us playing in with the, you know, the, I call it the green ordeal, but the, all the, you know, electric cars trying to get people to, you know, I guess not that riding bikes is bad, but building housing that doesn't have parking spaces. It just, yeah, it seems, seems like it's tying into like the, the China, like 15 minute city thing where like, you know, okay, we'll get that. We'll get the digital dollar. And then if you don't cooperate, we can just turn your life off. And I, we, I saw, saw some of that, like in Australia during COVID with the like Aboriginal population, because, you know, they got like, okay, well, you know, you guys were disadvantaged. We're going to take care of you. We're going to put you up in these government houses. And then it came down to it. We're like, okay, well, you're not taking the COVID shots. Well, get out. You can't, you can't live here. So it's like a, a double-edged sword with a lot of the, a lot of those kind of programs. So the, the global affairs, as well as kind of what has happened personally for you locally is all influencing the direction that you're moving. Yeah. And is that tying into the, this this push from you and from other people in the community against 
the members on the city council who were self-described as anarchists? And I don't know to what extent, and I'm sure everyone has their own own worldviews. I don't know if they're as far down the rabbit hole as I am, for sure, but that's... And... But it seems like you guys are unified in the fact that you don't think having council members who are anarchists is in the best interest of the city, to say the yeah. least, right? Yeah, and despite, you know, the fact that, like, I'd, I'd mentioned in a, the last city council that, like, it's kind of funny that, you know, self-proclaimed anarchists are also moving to implement a one world totalitarian government so like okay we're down with this capitalist you know american government and on with the, the the global bankers running our lives with digital currencies and are the local members at the city level making those decisions though are they enacting legislation at a city level to do that yeah, or is that a more broad yeah I, you look thing? at the you look at the housing projects and it it very much is there's i mean you know, here and in Arcata too, uh, there's like literal high-rise housing complexes coming in with the 15-minute city, you know, idea where there'll be, you know, centralized grocery stores so people don't have to travel that far and there won't be enough parking spaces for the place. So it's, you know, pretty much making it to where people aren't going to be able to drive anywhere. And then all you got to throw in is the whole digital currency thing on top of that and, you know, hello, China. Well, the digital currency is definitely on its way. Yeah. I mean, that is, they've pretty much made it known and that's what they want to do. But the, what is interesting to me is that, so the people who are on the council and have these anarchist beliefs, they're not hiding them. It yeah. wasn't necessarily, they didn't sweep it under before the election and then now all of a sudden yeah, they come out I, this I way. Mean, they've been that way the that, whole time. Yeah, I I think the way they phrased it is that, like, you know, they didn't, you know, mention it really. I never heard it was G. Mario Fernandez. He didn't really disclose it during the election, but he wasn't asked about it. So it's like, hey, if someone would have asked about it, I would have totally been honest about it. I think we talked a little bit. He was on the podcast before his election. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and I talked a little bit about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 for some of the stuff we did on what Roy had done, we, I'd glance back over that, and he talked about the, um, I don't know, a lot, a lot of the stuff. I'd done the stuff for the eminent domain and the, all, yeah. So are you guys afraid that, or are you personally afraid that people didn't know this when they elected these individuals, or do you think that there was some deception involved, or are you just worried now that they have this position of power that they're going to enact some future legislation that's going to be a problem. What What are your guys' concerns coming? Um, from? probably. Then, uh, I get the uh, I get the like global aspect of you know the fifteen minute cities. I get all that, but as on a city level, if we bring the scope in a little more narrow, what is your concern with these individuals on a person to person basis? What yeah. is the hesitation and fear stem from? I get. I'm not a hundred percent familiar with Roy's situation. I understand he is involved with some. Yeah. Some legal struggle with the yeah, and that, people that's and Leslie. partially to do with you know his business and you know running a business in the city with you know someone who has that kind of influence with the you know the, the nonprofits and how they you know work and yeah work you know with some other businesses or nonprofits or whichever. But I'm yeah, and I, I'd say that I'm I'm not too concerned with them like on a personal level I, I don't know exactly 
you know, how aware they are of global stuff. I mean, I know I talked to Kim Brigell about it, like just about the COVID stuff. And she was, you know, this was back, I don't know, a couple of years ago, pretty much is before they even did the city vax mandate, I think, or, or maybe it was right after somewhere, somewhere in the, in the beginning of it. And she was like totally unaware of, you know, just global stuff like the, like I was talking about with Australia and, you know, how people are, there's actual concentration camps and stuff there for, you know, people who are refusing, refusing the vaccines and that's, and I don't think they're totally aware or if they are, I'm, I guess it's a, you know, person to person basis. If they are, you know, in line with, with what's going on on the global level. So what does the fear stem from? against them is it just the anarchist branding that's worrisome in your opinion um uh, yeah it's um hmm. yeah and I, I don't know exactly how to how to answer that one i don't well because you do find it alarming right are there yeah. a group of people that are alarmed that these people are in these positions my question is just why and for what reason? Okay, well, I I guess it would be like the the ties to like you know violence, you know, like. The, but again, is this a national? Well, yeah, because obviously anarchism has this branding. Yeah, people might yeah, attribute it, it correctly tied, or wrong. Yeah, tied but, to like uh, Antifa and stuff, so it's like. But you know, we don't really see it here on the local level, and I think you know there was we saw maybe a very little bit of it when like right after the George Floyd, George Floyd thing came, there was some like BLM where like okay, there were some people coming to the town that didn't seem like locals, seemed like they might have been pushing to like incite something that I I don't know if anything really got too incited besides just blocking traffic that pissed people off, but but yeah, that, I'd, I'd say that would be the the concern is just the ties to that kind of belief on a national level. Yeah. But bringing it to a local level. But are you concerned that these, these individuals are going to, I mean, have they enacted any worrying legislation or have they cast any votes that are cause for concern or you guys are just trying to be preemptive? Well, there was, I, and I think, um, an example made was just the, um, spending like i think it was seventy thousand dollars just to review the police force just on on you know reviewing practices just for you know not to say that there wasn't problems with you know some actions that police may have taken here and there but given the the state of the city could have that money been spent better to you know clean things up and you know I, i'm sure with a lot of it it is based on state policy as well but you look at like um i think shasta county and the way they've turned with their board of supervisors and stuff it you know it can it can be done a little different on the the local level not that anything's going to be perfect but i'm having politicians that are kind of aware of what what kind of um political stuff is like a dishonest or i don't know i don't know are they being dishonest here? I don't know if they know they are, or if, if you know, if, if they're being, you know. But dishonest, how, how so? Um, just with the, and when you get, like, like with Antifa, you say that, you know, it's, that's, that's not a group, that's just an idea. 
And that's that's dishonesty right there. Because it, it is a group, you know, they've done violent things. But when you start doing that, you're just, you know, equating equating speech or, you know, equating an idea with reality. And you're just saying that, yeah, that's people said that that's not real, so it's not real. Is one of them saying that Antifa isn't real? Yeah, yeah I think and I had a brief little uh, with um conversation with Mario, and he had said that's, you know, it's more of an idea than an actual, you know, real thing, which is consistent to how, you know, on the federal level, they, they poised it like, oh, that that's not a real thing, you know, it's... Yeah. Well, it's an idea, but it definitely is a real group. Yeah. and I mean, uh, it's, it's both. And there was, like, a guy that went undercover on it, but he was, you know, he was a Trump supporter, so, you know, Okay, he was obviously had his own biases and it was totally made up, or you know, he was actually a guy that went undercover and you know, found out some stuff with death threats, or I forget, I think it was, um, I forget which newspaper put it out, but if you Google, Google just MAGA or Trump supporter goes undercover with Antifa, I'm sure you can find the article on it. So it, it sounds like to me, just, just listening to this now, it, it's not necessarily that you're, you have problems with these individuals. You, more, you have a problem with the branding that these individuals are identifying with. So again, back to that label of anarchist. That seems to be your point of yeah, fear. Yeah, you, you, you could say that. And that is, you know, the, and I guess that boils down to the culture war here. But isn't that kind of ironic? Because they're afraid of you for the same reason, because guilty by association. Yeah, that's true look at it that way do i mean is that all that this stems from i because i know people are well i shouldn't even say people i don't know how big the group is but i know there are some people i had kim on and we talked about it and i don't want to put her words or put words Mm -hmm. in her mouth but it seems like it's almost something being made out of nothing to some extent or at least that was my interpretation Um, uh, about these members being anarchists that it's not it's not really anything well i mean when when it comes to an you know ideology like okay it's 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 nothing substantial but it's something they're working for i like leslie you know she holds these symposiums you know with this just the artist dismantling capitalism exactly so it's yep innocent you know innocent as it is it is still just you know pushing the whole whole thing that we need to get rid of the system as it is which ties into the whole like okay are these you know these people that they might not be doing it on purpose but they're making way for this this global shift that's being tried to push being pushed by the you know the globalist bankers you know not to sound anti-semitic or anything but and that that's where you know it comes down to like okay what why is someone else doing this i don't know that's why i'm doing it just because i see these things on the global level and even if it's you know, mildly associated with that, I can see how it's just opening the door for this to come in. And that's just what I feel feel called to do right now is, you know, do whatever I can on the local level to push against that. No, no matter how effective what I'm doing is, I who, who knows? But. Well, in that sense, it's, it's a fair critique because obviously these movements don't just spring up at a national or global level. They yeah. have to start small and then gain traction and become what they will so in that sense yeah there is some validity to that i was just i'm not aware 
I mean, it's almost like you have to wait until the rubber meets the road in some sense, right? Yeah. You almost have to wait and, and a see and a how lot they of that, vote on these things. It's not like, you know, pushing back against what they're voting on in particular. It's just standing up and saying something just so the general public, you know, knows or even thinks about it and might look something up. And that's that's half the reason why I call into the board of supervisors or say things at the city council is just to put the idea out there just to kind of combat other ideas that are floating around in the room. And it might not be directly related to, you know, what they're pushing that day. It's yeah. That's how does the code of ethics come into play on that? Okay. And I, I didn't get too familiar with the code of ethics, ethics, honestly. And for what weren't you one of the ones that were, yeah, like, yeah. arguing that this was a bad move and that this was I, I was mainly problems. arguing that it was it seemed kind of ridiculous that they were just or just kind of suspicious that you know you know Royd came out and said there is an issue with the code of ethics and then like two weeks later like we're gonna get rid of this code of ethics nothing to do with that we've been meaning to do it for a while but that kind of sounds you know suspicious to me just like okay that that doesn't look good and that that was the main point i was making and did I, you look into the code of ethics at all to see I'm, what grounds i would stand on from from what i saw there was like i the one big difference was that like the mayor could censor something and it wasn't a big deal in this situation because you know the mayor's pretty copacetic with you know most of the standpoints that any of the other council members are doing but if we had a mayor that maybe wasn't happy with what they're doing it could be a useful tool, maybe. I don't know. Vote of censure to what extent? I'm not sure. It, it was just, you know, it had that the little, little, little something in the tool book. I'm not really sure. I'm not a. So again, it was. I'm not that, a legal person. Uh, uh, to me, it was mainly just the, you know, the optics that freaked yeah, out. Yeah, and also just like I'm saying, it's you know, just there to put the word out that you know something's something's fishy. But you weren't sure that it was fishy. Yeah, not not you know not to a legal extent. I'm no legal expert. I, I will not. But say not that even I am. to really any extent, right? I mean, it doesn't sound like you had any real backing to go down that path. You were just kind of just you looked it sound, at it and you yeah. were like, oh, yeah, it, blue and red. It, this is purple. It's yeah, it's fishy. I'd, it's fishy that you guys are taking this. But, yeah, trying to remove this after someone said that. That that was the whole whole my whole standpoint for saying anything that night, and that you know going back to what's lingering in the back of my head is that you know hey you guys are capable of some horrible things like the the whole covid vaccine thing so you know i'm i'm here to oppose to whatever you might be doing because i think i think that's wrong are you worried that being so aware of these national and global movements that it might skew your perspective on a on a city level or a more local level, even county level, it could. But then I'm just I'm just some guy out there doing the public speaking thing. I'm not you know making defi- decisions in any. Yeah, but if you were try if fortunately or unfortunately, you're not just you anymore. You're attached to this news organization. Yep. And do you think that that affects your guys's credibility if you're speaking at a city council meeting talking about how a, the vote on a code of ethics and that being rescinded is problematic and going to lead to these things and then you don't have you haven't even really dug into it don't you think that's kind of problematic um not not really just because 
all I was saying is that, you know, it looks bad. And I wasn't, I didn't have details on why it was problematic, so I wasn't saying why it was problematic. I was just saying that it looked bad. Yeah, but you weren't just saying that it looked bad. I mean, you you were up there and you were saying, I'm John Blank, you were saying something along the lines of, you know, where does the power lie now or something? And that's kind of how you got Katie Moulton to yeah. throw out the you asshole. But you were, it wasn't just, hey, should we be worried? It was, it felt a little more targeted of this, this is yeah. nefarious rather than this could be nefarious and people yeah. need to look well, I, into I it. I think there's, an, um, without the, the mayor part being in there from before, I think it did like place a little more like um, power in the, the city manager's like area arena and i i did already kind of have a bone with that because like during the whole well what does that mean power in in the city manager's arena what that feels a little intangible yeah power to what extent well i'm for i'm it's not even related to that but going back to the the covid vaccine thing like no i get the national stuff i get that that would cause skepticism this isn't a national thing this is to do with the city manager is like the whole time that the city was, you know, had their vaccine in place, you know, um, I had asked like Kim Pergel, like, I don't know, before I think it was like September before they had, you know, removed it like on the steps of the city hall, like, what's it going to take for you guys to remove this? And she had said that it's going to be like, um, you know, it depends on, you know, the way the County's going and, you know, what the Department of Health and Human Services did. But then, like, later on, I did a records request, and it turns out that the whole time, like, all these people coming to speak on the thing, it was all just, you know, in Miles Slattery's lap. Like, he was the sole arbiter of when the, the, the COVID vaccine mandate for the city would drop. But how does that relate to the Code of Ethics? Um, I believe, and this is also partially because I was, you know, getting some info from, you know, Roy, who was saying that it, from what he had interpreted as that, you know, the not having the code of ethics in place, like, um, empowered the, the city manager to some extent. But you were unsure of what that actually looked like and to, or to what extent? Yeah. That's kind of problematic. Yeah, uh, maybe. You don't think so? Yeah, I mean... I, well, I, just going off basis of source, I mean, Roy, again, is embattled in something against the yeah. city and Leslie, so I don't know that if he came forward with some information, I would take that wholeheartedly. I would take it into account, like I would yeah. anybody saying something, but I would do a little more back-end work to figure out, okay, what is this actually, to what extent, and what power has the city manager lost or gained through the rescinding of the Code of Ethics? What has changed with the board or the council? Like, what, what has the mayor given up power? I know that the vote of censure has now changed. I think it requires three people on the city council. I don't know what it was previously, but I mean, it kind of seemed like it would be a bigger yeah. deal, and it hasn't really, it's not. Yeah, well, that, that's, that's also the difference between nine. Drawing, drawing the line of there's the public speaker me and there's me doing, you know, media stuff. And sometimes there's, there's, you know. But hasn't this been covered on Lost Coast Populous? Yeah. So do, have, didn't you kind of already merge 
those two are blur the line between those two yeah, distinctions it, by it's tip cross posting. Definitely the blurred, but it's also I the way that I, I I approach these is also satire. Do you make it known that it's satire? Or yeah. is that just your interpretation as you're putting this out there? Yeah, I think it's pretty pretty obvious that I that I'm so satire in what regard that you weren't actually worried about the code of ethics? No, just in the way that I was um, reporting on that event. It was I'd written in a st- satirical manner. And the, when we're I spoke, still talking about the code of ethics yes, meeting. And when I, when I spoke, I'd even, you know, phrased it in, you know, that it was satirical and what I was, you know, how I was phrasing it. So it is a complicated nuance to, you know, whatever it is that we're doing here. It definitely feels more complicated. It sounds like you were writing the article, you were serious about the content, but you were just maybe throwing in some jokes or, you know, trying to be funny about it. But the code of ethics itself, that was a real worry for you. Yeah, and it's also just mainly, you know, asking people to look at it and pay attention to it. Yeah, I... From an outside perspective, somebody who obviously has no skin in the game, that would not have been my interpretation from the coverage and from how you guys were portraying it. I, I mean, I... I thought it was a bigger deal based off the the sentiment from the people that were speaking out against it and the coverage. It seemed not a bigger deal in the sense that a lot of people were worried, but a vocal minority. And so I, w- I thought there was a little more validity in that, but it seems like it's yeah. there's and a lot of speculation going on without anybody actually and it was also turning I'm the page or opening the book like to try to figure about, out what's yeah. going on. And there, there was also a detail, and I did have like a brief conversation with the city attorney when I was there, and just asking her like who was responsible for you know ethical violations because that was you know kind of the, the main question that it got me called an asshole was like okay who who is who is responsible for this, and when it came down to it, she answered me that it was ultimately on a local level it was her that was responsible for it, which kind of. I don't know, it kind of, kind of made it, you know, seem a, a lot, you know, a little more muddied because it, it was all about, um, like on the state level, like ethical violations are only viewed as like monetary. Like if you, you know, but they don't really look at ethics on a, um, on, you know, the other scale, like, um, the, you know, if you're for, as I'd said, if you're in support of defunding the police, should you be making decisions on funding the police? And that was kind of what the city attorney explained to me is that like on the state level, you know, it's not really about that, you know, ethics in a broader sense like that. And that's how she interprets it and looks at, you know, local stuff. It's only if there's like monetary, you know, things that are influencing people's decisions. So rescinding that code of ethics would not necessarily have any significant effect. 
besides the 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 mayor's part is and like so who how many people are required to have a vote of censure that's pretty much it would you say yeah i i guess and just the you know the city attorney which is you know that doesn't change at all if it's if it just comes down to her like as far as being the the cudgel or the enforcement to it which is you know also like i said before difficult because i'm not a legal person i can't you know i can look at that and yeah just well, I mean, you don't have to be a legal person to read the document and then see what rescinding yeah. it would mean. Right? Um, to, to some extent, I, maybe. I'm, there's a lot of legal jargon in there. and I, I, I did read over a little bit, but not, not, not enough. Fully. Yeah. Because no. I'm just thinking, if I went to a council meeting and spoke, I, I would have to, I personally would have my ducks in a row. Okay. To some extent, right? But maybe people don't. I mean, yeah. it's not, we're not a huge city, and maybe, I know yeah. there are some people and that I'm, speak just like I to said, speak. And for me, this is a hobby. I, I do this after my, my day job, chasing a kid around, and it's largely just about, you know, just, you know, I'm fighting the, fighting the good fight on the local level versus what I see wrong on the yeah, but don't you think that that fighting the fight in that way with limited information and almost an incorrect understanding don't you think that might attribute people to be less inclined to believe you should you fight a fight that is more significant and has I could say some it. actual validity to it and maybe does pose a danger it's almost like a boy who cried wolf type situation i would understand if you were if you did this, you got Katie Moulton to say that, you scored some points, and you made it out to be that of, hey, look, these people, you know, we can't have freaking city council members cuss at constituents who are speaking during publicly a lot of time. That is a strong argument. Mm. But then you counter that with this whole dance with the code of ethics, and then it kind of turns out, well, maybe it's not a big deal, but I was making it out to be a big deal, but maybe I threw in a little satire. Don't you think that undermines as if you just said, hey, this is all satire from the jump, and then look, we got a council member cussing me out. Problem. Um, let's, put, let's put the spotlight not, on that. Not really, because I, like I said in the first place, to me, it's just surface view. I know, but what are you doing for Lost Coast Populous? Are you just writing commentary, or are you trying to write news? Well, yeah, it's going to be, it's, it is news, but it's also opinion. Are you guys blurring that line? Well, like, are you writing both opinion and news? And are you making sure people can tell the difference between both of those? I mean, we, we, we put, um, we put, you know, one thing we do is we try to have, you know, links to stuff we're talking about. So there, there will be, you know, some receipts if we can, you know, we will do records requests. So we, we will try to have details when we can, but... Yeah, but is that part of the commentary or part of the news aspect? That, that would be part of the news. I know a lot of the stuff you look at, there's not even going to be links to stuff. It's just, you know, people people put it in there, and it's just, you know, straight opinion being called news out there. So, you know... Yeah, but are you guys making sure that the reader knows the difference in each of your articles? If this is a news or if this it, is just satirical? It says so in our title, and... It on here. It says satirical news. No, it says um, no. Like if you go to the website, it says Lost Coast Populous News and Opinion. 
Yeah, I know that, but are you making sure people know what is news and what is opinion? Like if you're looking at the New York Times, they have opinion columns. Mm-hmm. And so it says opinion and you know that you're going to this place for the opinion. But if if I were to go and read your article about the code of ethics, would I know that that is an opinion or would it be blurred? I'm just supposed to infer that because you crack a couple jokes or you kind of you try to add some I mean, humor. I mean, it, where's the line? It's news here? because I, I reported on what happened there, and I didn't didn't say anything that didn't happen there, as far as I yeah, know. Yeah, but it's kind of misleading news in some sense. If, I'm I'm not saying the site as a whole. I'm trying to focus the scope on this code of ethics aspect. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like it's. I mean, there's a lot of kind of just up in the air of well, yeah, on that and. That's thing like that story. The whole point was that it just looked bad, and that was yeah. But it it looks worse for you guys now that mm. this is the the revelation of oh well, it's kind of just bullshit. It looks bad on you guys. It doesn't. You had something not with the code of ethics, it seems like, but you had something at least with the Katie Moulton comment that yeah, I would have focused on shining the spotlight on that. But you guys focused on the code of ethics, and it seems like well, nothing really changed. And well, so that they got rid of it. Well, yeah, they got rid of it. But what does that even mean? Like, what has changed since they got rid of it? Can you name anything? Other than the vote of censure being three now? Or what is, what's the difference? As opposed to just that having it or not? Before, the mayor could have done something about it, and but now the what? mayor can't. Done what? Done something about what? About ethical violations, and... But meaning what? Ethic, like, what, what does that mean when you say that? I mean, now, now the mayor has less power than the mayor did before. But less power for what? For... Like, do you have a specific example of what that power change would look like? Like, okay, here in this situation, she could have brought the hammer down and now she can't? Or less power to what? Um, yeah, just le- less power to act on something that she thought was out of line? I don't know. But what does that mean? What? Does I'm it's you're that's a it's a hypothetical here like what I know but you can't what does it mean a, yeah. do you have a concrete hypothetical situation well it hasn't been that? used I and mean, they they didn't use this you know so they got rid of a power they never used exactly yeah is that are that at face value doesn't seem like something absurd. Especially where we can't even put a concrete finger on what that power looked like. Right? Yeah. But just and the fact that they removed it after said someone said that there was ethical problems. Yeah, I get that. But this is also a source who could be valid, could not be valid, but has some legitimate gripes against the city and members of the city council already. So is that the only source we would want to take information from in that situation well there there was no other real sources about you know making complaints about ethics is that a red flag um i'd, I'd say just say it's newsworthy because no one else is you know re- reporting on it newsworthy or opinion worthy well and as far as you know people reporting on stuff that happens at city council it's kind of a gray area I mean, stuff that is, you know, newsworthy, stuff that isn't newsworthy. I mean, like I said, it hasn't happened, but will it, will, will something happen that, you know, is ultimately newsworthy? I, I don't know. Do you know? I, I don't even know. 
I'm still trying to know what what sparked this fear of the code of ethics other than just a potential optics issue. That's what I'm I'm that, kind of hung up that's on. That's all all it was as far as I know. And also just my you know previous previous interactions with, you know, the city council over covid stuff. That's fun. I just think that you I mean, who am I to say this, but mm. you guys might want to tread carefully blurring the opinion and news line. Mm -hmm. It seems like, at least from, I've had Donnie on before we've chatted. Yeah. It seems like he is trying to build this to be a legitimate, reputable news organization. Yeah. And situations like this are not carrying you guys to the point that you would like to be. This does not look well. At least in this particular instance, not casting judgment on you guys as a whole, but this particular instance doesn't bode well. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I can see what you're you're saying from that. You know, isolating this one one thing. I mean, I don't know. I I, I think you guys would have been better off just again highlighting the Katie Moulton thing. Mm -hmm. That was, and I mean that is kind that of is, news because it's that that is pretty much where we went with after that the event happened but that was kind of like you know yeah after the event you guys tried to lean into it a little bit but it was still this fear of oh the code of ethics has been removed now they now they have lost this power and almost anarchy is going to reign supreme i mean these are the the themes that are yeah that i i don't the the, the article following it wasn't about that the code of ethics that was that was you know previous to that well, yeah, you guys write subsequent articles about different things, but yeah. this article in general, I mean, I would have to read it again. I don't even know if I read it the first time. I might have just seen the video and the subsequent dialogue from you guys on that, but it almost seems like you have an opinion of it being satirical, and I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to say that that would be apparent to the people that yeah. are reading well, it, the, attributing the A lot of what we do is just trying to, to get people interested in local government, too, and paying attention. Yeah, but you don't want to be the group that cries wolf and then people just write you guys off. Like, you, guys, you guys are in a difficult spot now where you guys, you have some negative branding about the drag stuff. Yeah. And I think Donnie's pretty passionate about that. And so, like, everybody's got their hill that they want to ride, and there's nothing wrong with that. but you want to make sure that you don't completely trash credibility, you know? Yeah, I, I see what you're saying, but that's... Um... And I mean, who am I? I'm not running a news. Yeah. I know nothing about news. I've never written any news articles or done anything. I don't claim to be any, you know, I'm, I'm multiple degrees away from what the news is, yeah. but just and as... That's, and that's kind of where we want to do with, you know, as far as growing it, is getting, you know, other people in there doing stuff too, because when you only have... Yeah, two maybe three people writing stuff. It's you know you're getting you're getting an echo chamber. So that's and that's what you know if you get if you get that right now that's because that's kind of what it is. We just yeah the echo chamber. You guys definitely don't want that, you know. But just I don't know. That's you want to make sure that if you're putting something out as news, it's actually the news, and you guys have corroborated that to some extent you know yeah not just one source who might potentially be a biased source might not and then 
one. The only I mean, thing- do you speak at city council meetings a lot? Is that something you do? Are you? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a regular attendee. Are you attending them in a news capacity, like a Lost Coast Populist capacity, or is this just a personal endeavor that you like to do? Like I say, it's kind of a blurred line there because I'll, I'll a show lot of blurred lines, man. Yeah. Which is I'm going back to you know the roots of the whole thing of what we are, you know, why I'm here is it, it started with an activism thing and bled into a news thing. So I don't know how unblurred those lines are going to get because. Well, I don't think it, it's not that those lines have to be unblurred that you're uh-huh. this news guy and you're also you. Cause I mean, I'm a podcaster, but I'm yeah. also just me. It's blurring the lines of you as Ash, the news guy putting out news yeah. Versus you, the public citizen, just putting out satire or commentary, those are the lines you don't want to yeah. blur. You don't want to blur the the satiric the satirical guy and the news guy because then people are like, "Well, is he is he bullshitting me right now, or is this an issue that I should be worried about, or anarchists taking over, or people freaking out? Like, is this going to lead to problems down the road, yeah. or is this guy just cracking yeah, jokes?" I'd, I think a lot of that is just you know. People got to make up their own minds on that. What's what's important? And there's, you know, we're, we're not the only news out there. So I, I'd say it's, you know, like I've, I've told other people that. Yeah, you but know, you guys it, are fighting to just be the news. Yeah, not, not but it, the only news, but be considered even news. Like yeah. that's, that's where you guys well, are fighting now because you're a small organization. Yeah. But like in this day and age, like it is so much just about opinions. And that's a, like I've told. You know, people at the um, disability, you know, um, pride event is that, you know, it's, it's just largely it is, you know, what, what people seem to be, you know, reality based on news and stuff. It is all just opinion based these days. So when you get, when you get down to it, that is, you know, you'll get some facts in there, but. Yeah. But what's ironic about that whole sentiment is that that's. That's the message that I got from Donnie is what you guys are trying to fight is people flavoring their news with these biases and leaving out facts and only using half truths. That seemed to be kind of the precipice of Lost Coast Populist is we're going to be, we're going to give you the news from a populist view. But is that, in this instance, is that what's happening? I mean, like, I, all I can say is there's going to be a certain amount of opinion with any news and there's there's a certain amount with ours as well. So I mean, we're, we we put facts in where we can find them, but yeah, and facts in where we can find them is is an interesting way to phrase that. Well, I mean, where where do you find facts in other news? I mean, that that um, it's all you know based on opinion, or or it's just but aren't you know, facts facts, and that's how we can. Well, where, where do you where do you find opinions? a fact? Where, where do well, you find somebody does the actual work to yeah. figure out what is true and what is not. That's where you find the fact. If somebody actually takes, you know, yeah, I mean, the if, time if, to if, figure out what is the if truth you can and what is not. Find, you know, an actual document like what there was in this case with the, you know, the code of ethics. Yeah, I mean, this is a pretty cut and dry case of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not to like, I'm not trying to, you know, bash you guys right now or anything, but I'm also, I have to hold your feet to the fire a little bit because it, yeah. it seems well, I, a like little said, outrageous. For, for me speaking there, I wasn't, 
the only thing I was, you know, mainly speaking to was just the optics of removing the code of ethics after someone mentioned it. Even though, you know, it was Roy that's someone who's, you know, on, on our on our platform for, you know, similar opinions and whatnot. Yeah, would we shift the spotlight to worried about the optics of this rather than there being some nefarious or insinuating there's some nefarious plot and that power is being lost or exchanged to different people by them doing this or at least like read the document or do you know i mean yeah do a little more background work but i'd all i wasn't saying that it was being shifted uh and i was asking where the power is now so I a lot of, a lot of it, and if you read what I write, it's not saying stuff; it's it's asking. And so that that just it's asking people, you know, to, to think about it. So if you're you're phrasing something in a question, you're not stating this is the way it is. This is how you need to think about it. You're asking. Yeah, hearing you speak there, asking where the power is now, I didn't get the feeling you were asking, you know, a genuine question of where is the power now. It felt like you were uh-huh. insinuating the power is now lost. That uh-huh. People have lost the power. Okay, well that's. Which that, might, that's I, all about I mean, I could be that interpretation. Could, yeah, there too. that might just be how I interpreted that. But and I. That's and you guys are walking an interesting line, and I would just pose caution. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm, uh, I, I will heed your advice on that, but that's... Un- we'll take it with a grain of salt, because yeah. look what I'm doing, you know, I'm not the arbiter of yeah. great advice or great information, but it just... The code of ethics thing in particular right now has me a little worried from, mm-hmm. again, from how I interpreted what you guys were putting out to how it seems like it actually is playing out is... Isn't, isn't great for the direction I think you guys are trying to go. And so I would just be... I would recommend caution but i would recommend caution to myself in a lot of ways too so okay. again grain of right. salt roger dodger <laughs> okay we'll get you out of here i know you got to go to the Friday night markets this was uh great i appreciate you taking the time to come on do you have anything you want to add extra or um i don't know was there was there um i forget before we got into that was there one more thing we we're going to talk about or something or i know the the we kind of got the disabled yeah we kind of the code of ethics thing took a turn the trans or not the trans the disabled lgbt we touched on that okay um code of ethics was another big one i wanted to talk to you about because i knew you were you were a a player in that yeah i don't know was there anything else anything else you want to add i forget we got got wrapped up in that one for a while but i thought i I just mentioned it and then got wrapped back into it um what was it? Um, Back down the conspiracy rabbit hole? Was there something there? Or? It might have been. That, There's some good ones there. We could do a whole podcast just on some yeah. conspiracy theories. And the COVID stuff, of course. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Um, I don't know. If we wanted to wrap it up, what would be a good way to wrap it up? And there was a... An, I'd say that... Um, moving on to another article that we did. It was just on the recent... Um, it was like a focus on a local community member... And she had, and she kind of coined the phrase, the nonprofit mafia that I was, you know, using earlier. And she just, you know, she was a um, woman, like, struggling with, like, a domestic violence situation. So just in being an interview that ended up contacting us out of the TikTok community of all places. And so we did an interview with her and 
just talked about all the um and it is you know once again it's just you know her experience but it is some kind of kind of d- disturbing things to think about in the local like r- drug recovery and and she faced like um i think her, her kid had went into foster care at one point in time and like this was also during covid and the kid was forced to take the covid jab to stay at the foster care place and then she was forced to take the covid jab to see the kid at the the foster care place and then what else was she talking about um something about how like it um i think she said that at waterfront recovery like all the patients get prescribed the same drugs this is then once again just be something to you know look into because that if that is true it's you know kind of disturbing because you know people there for heroin and alcoholism you'd think there'd be a different cocktail to get but um and then it also kind of tied back into the Jefferson Community Center where the you know all his drag show was with Heidi Benzinelli and from her perspective she is saying that like these rehab people were like farmed into like these low labor positions like cleaning up needles under houses that were also being like um I think they might have been like um like real estate that was of interest or being like, you know, flipped maybe or something like that. But definitely, you know, interesting story relating to local, you know, programs and nonprofits and all that. Is this a story you guys just put out recently? Yeah, yeah, it's on there. It's on, you can see all the, the full interviews on Rumble and stuff. You want to check And this is under the news category, not the opinion category, just to be clear. Yeah, it's under the news category, but it is, you know, flavored with opinion take it with yeah it is like you know it's one person's experience and that's how that's how i worded it through the whole thing it's you know this is what she observed you know it's what she's reporting this is you know yeah we'd be happy to talk about that at a later date i just don't i haven't read that i'm not familiar with any of that so i can't yeah you know i don't have an opinion because i don't i don't know what that is i would have to look into it a little bit okay gotcha um but this is fun, man. Yeah. I yeah. appreciate you taking the time yeah. to come on. We, yeah. I know we can get you out of here. Do you want to plug where people can find you, where they can find all your stuff? Yeah, Did you want to plug any more oh, where yeah, they can totally. find your artwork and stuff? So, and this, I'm just Google. And are you selling these prints? Like, if people want to buy one? Yeah, and there, there is, like, I'm on the um, Fine Art America, and you can get, like, uh, not that I have a whole bunch of traffic, but I would like to sell stuff. There's shirts, prints, and all that, but um, there's stuff here. If you tilt it up that's your camera oh, okay right there. People can see that there we go bring right it over that. just that way just a tad bit perfect okay yeah just that, that. i mean you've got some cool prints how long have you been doing art this started like right pretty much when my disability kicked in Is like this... when i found out that i had ms are you drawing these yeah it was like hand drawn and then using like um like a uh, photoshop to like get draw like color out of photography and use the hand-drawn kind of tribal styled shapes as like cookie cutters those are pretty sweet man that's cool but yeah that's and i'm sorry did you say that people could buy those somewhere yeah yeah just just google ar teeter artist and it'll it'll pop right up that's on 
Okay, sweet. Uh, anything else you want to plug? Yeah, just lostcoastpopulous.com, man. That's you got you guys got your official press pass. Oh yeah, that was uh, that nice was the condition. complaint. Like you know, they're not news. They don't have press passes. Like oh, well, look at, it, look at us now. Way we got go. press passes. That's... Okay, well, thanks, man. I really appreciate you coming on. This was fun. Yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah.